When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we welcome you to this edition of Tuesday People, the podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Album, the author of the book Tuesdays with Maury, upon which this podcast is inspired. Lisa Goitsch is alongside, as always, my friend and producer of this program. And today we're going to do something a little bit uh, different based on something that happened to uh, each of us last night. We're uh, recording this on Monday and it's released on Tuesday. So last night would have been Sunday. Now, Lisa had a uh, slightly more uh, exciting uh, event <laughs> uh, Sunday night. She was at the Grammy Awards because uh, one of Lisa's other jobs, besides being an extraordinary producer of a podcast, is uh, working with the Grammys. And you were at the event, as people can tell by your froggy, froggy voice. Oh, my gosh. Listen to me. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, we have to record a podcast today. I sound like I've been through the washing machine. Was it's, this as a result of uh, screaming over loud music and it everybody was, there? Yeah, it was. Well, we do. Uh, the Grammys has uh, they call it Grammy week. So for a full week leading up to the show, there are several events and parties that take place, um, many of which we have to work. So I worked events uh, four days in a row and um, got very little sleep. And uh, last night was in a extremely loud room for an after party, which required a lot of loud talking to everybody. You know, you don't see people since we all work remotely now, we don't see each other face to face. So not only did I lose my voice by talking, but I think I picked up some sort of face to face uh, infection from. <laughs> yeah, well, you were you were being face to face with enough people. Here's what I want to know about the Grammy Awards. Not that this has anything to do with Tuesday People, the podcast, but you got a chance to ask this. I got to ask it. If you're a woman who's attending the Grammy Awards dressed as I imagine you were just normally, you know, it's something that you own yeah. uh, normally you've worn before perhaps or something like that. And you're in the company of some of those outfits that I've been looking at all day on the, on the photos <laughs> from the Grammys. I mean, there was a woman who was dressed like a tree. Uh, there, I saw there, that person. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, someone in fur that literally covered, you know, a headpiece and a body and, and then, of course, the really slinky ones. And, and uh, Miley Cyrus was in a dress made out of paper clips. So guys don't, you know, guys, there's various forms of, of suit coats, you know. Yes. <laughs> you know, the most, uh, the, the wildest you'll see is someone will wear like a see-through T-shirt underneath it or something like that. But there are only so many ways to go. You're going to wear pants. Right. <laughs> for the most part. I think one time Harry Styles wore a skirt or something like yes, that. Yes, yes. But um, so how do you feel as a woman when all of these other women are dressed like that? 
Well, here's the funny thing, particularly about yesterday, because as we're recording this, Los Angeles is in a giant rainstorm situation. Um, during the show yesterday, right after Joni Mitchell, I don't know if you watched the show, but after she had her amazing yeah. performance, it was just, people were crying everywhere. All of our phones went off for a uh, flood warning and evacuation and stay off the roads message. So when we left the arena, it was just horrific weather, just side winds. It looked like a, you know, a hurricane. That's the kind of rain we had yesterday. So for me personally, I was working all day. I left my house at 6 a.m. to work the early show. The later show comes at night. And so I have to be comfortable yet, you know, presentable for the evening, right? So the fanciest thing, I, I have a dress that I wear everywhere. It's just a black tank dress that goes down to my feet. And then I wore a sequins jacket. That was my new addition to the to the thing. But not quite paper clips. But no, not quite paper clips, but it was my that was my dressy part in this sort of like little diamondy necklace. That was it for me. But here's the thing. Because I was working. I had two giant bags full of all my work stuff, computer, um, Wi-Fi. We have these things called MiFi's that we use while we're working at our stations. Right. Um, you know, all paperwork, all kinds of stuff. And I came into the Grammy show rolling my cart. <laughs> like, like a bag woman. Yes. And if you would have seen me, I had, you know, plastic bag on my head so as to not get wet an umbrella with a bag hanging off of my cart. I mean, it was I'm quite surprised a, they let you in. I know. And I'm, I'm surrounded by all these beautiful people. And I'm like, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me. Yeah. So, you know, there comes a time where you have to just take your pride and say, you know what? I worked this thing. I've been here since six o'clock, people. You have to uh, forgive me. Move out of the way, paperclip <laughs> trips. Yeah. So, you know, I think some women are probably more self-conscious than I am about those things, but I really don't care, you know, if it was up to me. And by the way, there were a lot of women in the bathroom. This is something you should know. Secret bathroom talk among women. Many of us, because of the rain, some people, I was early enough to where I beat the rain coming in. Some people were there attending, got caught in, yeah. got caught in it on the way in. So all these women with the pretty hair and their makeup and everything were in the bathroom trying to fix themselves up. And all of us agreed that, you know what? One year we need to have a pajama Grammys where we can all yeah. come in our yeah. pajamas and not have to worry about it. Yeah, so, which, I'm, which I'm good wearing right now. Yeah. yeah, which I'm wearing right now as we're uh, recording this. Well, so, once they turn the Grammys into a podcast, uh, everybody can do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think everybody, I think all women would agree that we all love comfort. It's nice to get dressed up and to compare yourself is a futile, is an exercise in futility because there's always going to be somebody with something more outlandish than you. Well, definitely at the Grammy Awards, and there were a lot of them. We saw that. So interesting. That's yeah. very interesting. So at the same time that you were doing the Grammy Awards, literally the same time, I was in New York City oh. for an event that was scheduled in, uh, at the 92nd Street Y, which is a wonderful wonderful oh, venue yes, for yes. Uh, talks and things like that. They have amazing cultural events there. And uh, then they had me. Uh, and, uh, you're amazing, Mitch. And it was a Sunday night talk between myself and Malcolm Gladwell, who is hey. the author of books like Blink and The Tipping Point. And Love him. Yeah, wonderful, intelligent, insightful guy. And 
the premise was he was basically interviewing me um, about, you know, whatever he wanted. It was ostensibly about my new book, The Little Liar. Uh, but he said at the beginning, you know, Mitch, uh, we're going to talk about your book, but it seems to me that everybody knows your books and everybody knows, you know, uh, the things that you've written, but we don't know a lot about you. And he, so he proceeded to ask me a ton of questions about my career and things like that. And, and then there were questions that came, uh, from the audience. And I realized that we've been doing this podcast for a long time, but I've never done a FAQ episode, frequently asked questions. And I was reminded last night uh, during this wonderful talk at the 92nd Street Y about how many questions I hear about Tuesdays with Maury that are the same question, you know, over and over and over again. Yes. So today I'm going to answer a couple of FAQs. Oh, fun. Because uh, I presume that people who are listening to us have read Tuesdays with Maury. Uh, and perhaps have these same questions. And I realize I've been talking for almost four years and never addressed a lot of these. So nice. I'm going to today going to do a, f- a couple of FAQs and periodically throughout the course of the year, we'll have another FAQ podcast in the session, you know, in between what we other- otherwise normally do. And uh, as long as if you want to send in your FAQ, we'll let you know if it really is an FAQ or a R-A-Q, rarely asked question. I was going to say, what is an R-A-Q? A rarely asked question, Uh in which case we probably won't answer it, but you can try. Uh, So let me do that in today's podcast here. The first question, that is, I would say the most F-A-Q, most F, most frequently asked Uh question. Did you know that Tuesdays with Maury was going to be this kind of a success? The answer is an unequivocal no. No, not only did I not know that Tuesdays with Maury would go on to reach millions and millions of people around the world, it was the last thing from my mind. If you had seen the efforts to try to get anybody to publish Tuesdays with Maury, you probably would never ask that question. We went out with the idea for Tuesdays with Maury after Maury told me how in debt he was for his medical bills. It was during an off moment in one of our conversations, and I asked him what he feared about his dying. And I thought he was going to talk about, you know, the way that he died or, you know, the way if he was going to choke or lose his breath or things like that. And he said, I fear the debt I'm going to leave my family. Oh, and uh I said, that's what you fear about dying. He said, yes, because when I die, there's going to be so many bills to pay and they're probably going to have to sell the house. And, uh, you know, I'm going to die a second time. First time when I die, die. And the second time when I'm in the ground and realize what I'm costing my family. Ah, jeez, And that's hard. That was the impetus for me to write the book or create a book, because up till then we were just sitting and talking and, you know, was taping our conversations because I wanted to have them for the rest of my life. You know, I realized there was something very special that was going on and we were doing this last class together and I was 
I wasn't writing anything down because we were sitting there often I would be holding his hand or whatever. So it was impossible to write anything. And I didn't want to forget all this wisdom that I was being given. So I started bringing a tape recorder and recording our conversations. I had, you know, I'm a journalist. I had tape recorders. I had plenty of, you know, I had a hundred tape recorders. Yeah. And um, when I decided to try to publish it as a book, I actually wrote a letter, which I've read on this podcast, you remember a couple of years ago. It was the letter that I wrote to my agent, my literary agent, ah, explaining yes. what I wanted to do in this book. It was an 11-page letter about what was happening between myself and Maury, why I thought that this was wisdom that people would want to hear, why I thought it would make a good book. And he took that letter and sent it out to every publisher in New York who was, you know, worth pursuing. And pretty much almost all of them came back with not interested. Boring. Uh, you're a Boy. sports writer. You don't have any reputation doing this. You don't know what it is. Uh, one time I went in to a publisher whose name shall remain nameless. And, oh, come uh, on, tell us. No, no. <laughs> and uh, the guy stopped me halfway through my, you know, sort of explaining and said, listen, I'm going to save you time. Uh, we're not not interested in this. You don't even know what a memoir is. You know, oh. Why don't you come come back in 20 years when you know what a memoir is? And, uh, you know, I don't know why he felt it necessary to be so insulting. Yeah, or that's not nice. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of the typical reception uh, that we got. And so it was really only a few weeks before Maury passed away that we were able to find and secure for real a publisher. And they were able to give us enough money to cover Maury's medical bills. And I went to Maury and told him, listen, I want you to take all this money and pay your medical bills so you don't die a second death. We have a publisher that wants to publish our book. So and, he knew uh, that before he died, right? So yeah, it gave him he, that peace of mind. I still remember actually telling him, I wonder if I can find this in our tapes. Uh, I said, you know, these conversations that we've been having. Yeah. Well, I found a publisher wants to publish them. He said, oh, really? Who? And I said, Doubleday. And he said, oh, I heard of them. Oh. You know? <laughs> and, and, and the reason that's funny is because like he had published two books in his life earlier, but they were with academic presses, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. because that's how a lot of professors get their work done, you know, the university presses. So Doubleday was like a, a major real publisher. And right. he was so excited about that. We'll be back with more Tuesday People right after this. So the idea that I would somehow go from that to thinking, yes, wait till I write this book. People are going to be reading it in Japan. People are going to be reading it in Sweden. It's going to be translated into 50 languages. It's going to become a play and a movie. It's yes, I know all this is going to be happening. That's absurd. I, 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 it was the furthest thing from my mind. The furthest thing from wow. my mind. And when they printed the actual book they printed twenty thousand total books oh my goodness that's not a lot of books for the whole world 
you know, if you start distributing it over 50 states, that what's what, like 400 books a state? That's right. it. <laughs> 400 yeah. books a state. Yeah. Uh, I thought that I would have them in the trunk of my car for my whole life. And I'd be giving them out at holidays, you know, whenever. Oh, here he comes again with the that Tuesday's <laughs> the Mori book. He's going to give it to him. You know, we already got him last year. Now he's going to give him to us. Again. <laughs> um, so and when the book came out, it wasn't like it jumped onto a bestsellers list or anything like that. Came out in August of 1997, which wow. is not a very popular time for a kind of book about the meaning of life. You know, August, people just want to read about thrillers and beach reads, you know, romance yeah, yeah, yeah. books and things like that. So it really didn't even show up on a on a, a bestsellers list until three or four months later. So it was a very, very slow burn. You know, people started to read it wherever they were and passed it on and passed it on. But um, I had no idea that it would ultimately become what it is. So there's answer to FAQ. At one point, remind me of one of our free, another future FAQs to tell the story about how Oprah Winfrey got involved. Oh, yes. Let's do that. That's That'll a be, really, well, really good story and really funny story. Well, I think we should continue this next week because I'm sure after we put this out, we will ask for some FAQs on our group page and you might have more questions. Okay. <laughs> so, well, well, I'll throw that one out there. If we get a lot of people wanting to know the Oprah Winfrey story, how she found out about the book, uh, how she found out wanted to make a movie, all that, I, I can tell the story about that. But that was part of the sort of ascension of Tuesdays with Maury. Right, right. I never predicted. Um, another FAQ that I get asked a lot. Did Maury know what was going to happen with the book? Answer, no, not at all. Maury and another FAQ, you know, what did Maury think about the idea of the book? So I can tell you that there were moments where towards the end of Maury's life, he had a hard time speaking. Uh, for long periods of time. Yeah. You, you hear know, that after, on the tapes. Yeah. We, we know that. Right. After four or five minutes, he'd have to stop to rest. And there was one moment where he was coughing and it just seemed like too much of a struggle. And I shut off the tape recorder and he, I saw him register like, what are you doing? And I said, Maury, this is too much. You know, I, I don't want to put you through this, you know, with what you're dealing with. And he shook his head, no, back and forth, back and forth until he could speak. And he said, Mitch, you don't understand. I want to tell my story. Aww. I want someone to know my story. Aww. Turn it back on, you know. And so that's when I realized that this wasn't just a little publishing effort to try to pay medical bills. But it was something that was keeping Maury motivated. And Charlotte, his wife, would tell me that he could have really bad days on Mondays. And many times she thought about calling me and saying, don't come tomorrow because he's just not good today. You know, he's yeah. not going to be up for it. But he always seemed to rally on Tuesdays. Nah, I and got she it. she said, you know, I think it's because he really wants to tell his story and he, he wants it to be known and he, you know, it, it's driving him. So in some ways, you know, it helped. I don't want to say it helped keep Maury alive. I don't know what 
what Maury's life was. And nobody knows that except God, well, how long it was intended to be. But I know that he looked forward to Tuesdays. Yeah. And it wasn't just to see me, but he looked forward to talking about his life and his philosophies and what he had learned. So I don't think that Maury had any idea that it would be well received, but he did want it to be. And you remember, I think I've played over the years a tape that he made for Doubleday where, yes, uh, yes. yeah, we played that. And uh, in fact, we can, we'll put it in here now. This is the little message that Maury sent to Doubleday once we found out that they were going to publish the book. Hello, you good people at Doubleday. Thank you for taking me into your company. Thank you for taking me and Mitch into your company because I feel that you're spreading a good word, a number of words, I should say, about what Mitch and I have been talking about and thinking about. And I feel that not only are you selling a book, but there's a lot of human quality in this book that would be happy to see spread as widely and as far as you can spread it. And I know it depends on you all. We can do our part and play a fine duet, which we will. But then after that has to come the beautiful music surrounding and entering as many people as possible. And I do hope that you will convey that music as far and wide as possible. So I want to thank you for your future efforts on our behalf. And I may or may not be around when this occurs, but I'll be looking down, cheering you on, and hoping that everybody's very happy when the book comes out and we get spread around. God bless you all. So as you can see, Maury looked forward to the book, but he had no idea that it was going to uh, be what it is. And, you isn't know, that I, something? Yeah. I mean, I, I always think, think about that. I'm like, he has no, I mean, it's so giant. I think about that all the time. And it's like I, I've said before too, is it continues with this, right? We're, we're still right. sending his message through another medium. I'm hoping that wherever he is, he kind of knows that this is going uh, on. Maybe he's responsible for it. Or, or that, which would be <laughs> even, even nicer to think. One more FAQ. What was the message that Maury shared with you that stayed with you the most? What lesson? So this is a hard question to answer because there are so many of them that we talk about here that mean a lot to me. But the one that I think changed my life the most was giving his living. And when oh, yeah. he said to me, you know, when I asked him, why do you always welcome in visitors, sometimes people who haven't come to visit you at all until this one time and not going to come again? Why do you engage them, ask them what's going on in their life, and then start solving their problems for them? You know, giving them therapy sessions, basically. When people would come to visit him to try to make him feel better, 
he would end up doing a therapy session with them and make them feel better. And I said, I don't understand. You're the one who's sick. Why don't you take the sympathy and, you know, take advantage of the fact right. that you're the one who people want to help? Yeah. And that's when he looked at me and he said, Mitch, why would I ever take from people like that? Taking just makes me feel like I'm dying. Giving makes me feel like I'm living. Mm. And in that sentence, in that moment, he really changed my life because I would not have gotten involved in the charities in Detroit that I have done, which have enhanced my life so much and, and, and made me, you know, so blessed with the people that we come in contact with who were fortunate enough to help. And I certainly would never have gotten involved in Haiti. And if I never got involved in Haiti, look at all the children who would be absent from my life. Unbelievable. Chica would never have happened in our lives. Naughty, little Naughty now who's singing We Are the World these days. Uh, uh, wouldn't have, um, yeah, it's really quite remarkable. I'll even, um, in fact, I'm going to share with you uh, right here, uh, Naughty singing along with my piano playing uh, We Are the World. Uh, this is now remember, she just turned two a few weeks back, just turned two. L listen to her. This is a, someone who wasn't couldn't make a sound when she was six months old because she was so malnourished. And this is her a year and a half later. I would She's never so have cute. had that. I wouldn't have had that if not for that moment when Maury said giving is living because I, I, I just remember like my jaw dropped. And he said, I, I saw like, okay, I get it. Giving makes him feel alive. Well, if that's what makes you feel alive when you're dying, then it's got to be what makes you feel alive when you're healthy. And yeah, you know, this whole taking thing, which I had spent so much of my life pursuing is really kind of overrated, you know? Yeah, for um, sure. And and uh, that was a very pivotal moment. So that third FAQ, that's the answer to that one. Um, the 
biggest lesson or the one that stays with me the most. And there are many, many other FAQs. I heard a lot of them last night with Malcolm Gladwell, but I'll save them for future FAQ episodes. And if you've got some that you want to share with us or that you've always wondered about the Tuesdays with Maury experience, um, we'll collect them and we'll, we'll do it again sometime very soon. For sure. So Lisa, I'm going to let you uh, recover because I'm not sure how much more our listeners can take of that voice. Oh my God, it's <laughs> terrible. I'm so sorry. That's all right. It's very, it's very appealing. It's very endearing. It's you, know, not, you just sound I'm like so someone sorry. who's had a big party. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go bury my head in a pillow right now. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we'll get back to more traditional fare uh, next week. Until then, remember, wetuesdaypeople.com on the web to find out more about our show. And uh, we will get a chance to talk to you again very soon. Until then, on behalf of Froggy, my producer, <laughs> Lisa Goich, and myself, Mitch Album, see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday people.